0: The following audio drama is rated PG for pretty good. You should experience lots of explosions with no body parts and a couple of swears. Parents should be ready to cover their ears.
1: Uh, they don't appear to be, uh,
2: this is a you can see production entertainment is always free.
3: In fine Venice, in fine Morocco, in soddingly foul London, nowhere. It needs to be somewhere exotic, somewhere the people can only dream of going. Nothing worse than having a local audience heckling because you get the neighborhood names wrong. I bet Bacon never has these problems. Doctor? Doctor Somebody stop that box Doctor wait i need your help
0: ah.
3: Ah. Ah.
2: NC Audio Productions presents Doctor Who Starring Mark Kalita as the Doctor and Robin Carlyle as Commando Waterfield
4: The Thing by Paul Mannering Mr. Cobley Smythe, not at
5: all. Please, my dear, we're all family in the theatre. Call me Sir Clarence. Oh my, yes, Sir Clarence. Ah, smell that, my dear Maud.
4: Mm, yes, I think they get in through the hole in the roof. Mr. Waterman, the caretaker, traps them and takes them home. He says he breeds them for racing, but he does eat a lot of chicken sandwiches.
5: The scent of the theatre, Maud. The scent of grease paint and dusty sets. The stale odour of cheap perfume and floor wax.
4: all I can smell is pigeon poop, Sir Clarence.
5: Indeed, but it's theatrical pigeon poop, Maud.
4: It's not much, but we do like to put on a show. Once the lights are set up and the sets are freshly dusted and costumes are made and everything... Then it's not so drag. My
5: dear, I have performed for kings and queens, beggars and thieves. The stage is not important. The illusion of our art is all.
4: Oh, Sir Clarence, we are ever so lucky that you were paroled to Houndsworth. Correction,
5: Miss Headworthy, a guilty man may be paroled. As I was innocent of the scurrilous charges, my early release is simply another small victory in my fight for justice. My very conviction was a technicality, which shall be redeemed presently.
4: Of course, although the newspapers did publish a lot of stories about that missing money. They said a lot about you being the leader of the gang that stole all those old coins. The media,
5: rabid jackals, all of them, a herd of entirely dysfunctional and dyslexic baboons could have written more truth about my case than the entire fourth estate. I shall hear nothing more said of the media in my presence.
4: Oh, I suppose you won't want to have your photograph taken for the write-up in the Houndsworth Herald then, Sir Clarence. It's tradition though, you see. We get our photos taken and they write an article about the production for the weekly paper about the Hansworth Community Theatre annual Shakespearean production.
5: Really? What time does our lithographer make an appearance? I must have time to prepare myself for my latest embrace with immortality.
4: I'm not sure, but Mr Piscali, the photographer, will be along after this afternoon's dress rehearsal. Hey, Hardy! Get out with this slot, will ya? Oh, Sir Clarence, this is Andy Bowler. He does the lighting and sound. Watch your mate!
2: Lighting, sound, set building, and putting a window, up Miss Maudie, eh? Put this up on the stage, will you, love? I'll get the ladder off the van.
4: I do apologise, Sir Clarence. Andy is a bit rough, but he means well.
5: Even the theatre has a place for Neanderthals.
4: Oh no, Andy's a local boy. We went to school together. Now the butcher, Mr Van de volt he's from Holland.
5: Indeed. Perhaps we can continue our tour of the facilities.
4: Of course, this is where the audience sits. Up there is the sound and lighting booth. Andy sits up there. It's quite complicated. Lots of buttons and slidey switch things, like a spaceship or something. Up here is the stage, and behind this curtain is the changing room. We put up a sheet, and boys go on one side and girls go on the other. It can get a bit silly during scene changes. Sometimes I go in on the wrong side and oh, I blush something terrible.
5: And where is my dressing room?
4: That's it, Sir Clarence. There's the toilets, I suppose. But there's not much room in there for changing out of a horse's rear costume in an emergency, I can tell you. Not
5: much space back here. What's behind this door?
4: Props and costume storage. One of these keys should fit...
5: Release me at
3: once, you round-head varlets. Good lord. A priest. I wish you no harm, padre. But I will not remain your prisoner, nor anyone
5: else's. The poor girl has fainted dead away. Put down that sword, you fool, and help me here. That is a girl? Why does she wear men's
4: clothing?
5: I have been asking the selfsame question for decades.
4: Oh, there's a strange man in the props room. Must have got in through the hole in the roof. Someone tell Mr. Waterman. Make him into pigeon sandwiches. Steady on, girl.
5: You may have banged your head. Fan her with this. And send for a surgeon. She may need to be bled. Don't be absurd. No one is going to be bled.
2: Why, you lot! This lighting rig is good eyes itself, you know. What?
5: me? Is she all right? She's fine. Just a bit of shock, and she banged her head. Is this one also a girl? Don't let the long hair fool you. I believe he is male, if not entirely human. I am greatly relieved. No offence, young sir, but as a
3: woman, your countenance is gravely hideous.
2: You the director?
3: I have upon occasion, guided troops of players through many italiances.
2: Yeah, well, we need to have a chat about the lighting plans. I've got some drawn up, need you say though, before I start positioning spots and faders and so on. You have some remarkable candles in this very room. Yeah, well, the rig I'm using is my own, you see. I do DJ work, raves and parties and such. Some of these babies will put out a thousand candle power. A thousand
3: candles? Show me this wonder at once.
4: Oh, Sir Clarence, what happened?
5: You suffered a terrible shock, my dear. Can you stand?
4: I think so. Thank you. We have to get ready for the rehearsal, as the new director arrived. Poor Mrs. Carney, Her old mum had a bad fall, broke her hip. She was directing our Shakespeare production since I was a nipper. It's not going to be the same without her barking, PROJECT, Miss Headworthy. PROJECT.
5: I believe the replacement was the chap we found in the props room. He is currently discussing lighting arrangements with Master Bowler.
4: I should get the kettle on, get some biscuits on plates. They like a biscuit and a cup of tea for rehearsals.
5: Let me give you a hand.
0: There was definitely an aberrant reading. Someone is messing with
4: time.
0: And this is the end of the rainbow. Somewhere around here is... Uh Aha! It's a pit helmet. Yes, quite out of place in the early 21st century, don't you agree, Waterfield?
4: What about this, then? A Viking helmet. And this looks Egyptian. And berry wings?
0: Fairy wings? Let me see those. Completely artificial. How awful. The poor creature must have been dissected and preserved.
4: There are pink elastic straps on the front. I think this is a dress-up costume.
0: Or a hunting trophy worn by someone with a
4: particularly
0: deformed sense of taste.
4: These are all costumes. Baggies, racks of clothes. Dresses, shirts, pants, wellington boots and bits stuck on them. Pavier-mache
0: swords. Well, whatever evil is at work here, it's going to a lot of trouble to make everything appear like an amateur theatre company.
5: King this Where did he rule? No, Maud, it's not that case.
2: It's not sound gear. it's not half heavy, Andy. What have you got in here? Gold bricks? Aye, something like that. More like a golden retriever, actually. What? I said I'd best go and retrieve the rest of the
4: gear. This is the
3: script? What strange hand has writ thus?
4: Oh, that had been me? I like Garamond fond, but Edwardian tends to give it that Shakespearean style. Don't you agree, Sir Clarence?
3: A lord stands amongst us?
5: You, sir, have a refined wit to have invested so in the humble stage. Indeed, sir. While one does tend to immerse oneself in the role from the outset, it is a paltry amusement to encounter a director who does the same. Forsooth, may I ask your name? Call me Will. Everyone does.
3: I say, Mistress Hedsworthy,
4: this play is close
3: to mine own idea.
4: It's headsworthy, Mr. Will, but please, call me Maud. Ha!
3: I
0: told you we'd find our way out of that curtain eventually. The Doctor. Where hast thou been?
4: Well, what
0: are you doing here?
4: And who are these people? Hello. Sorry for bodding in like this. Just smile and nod and everything will be fine.
3: They are a troupe of costumed players, Doctor. They are preparing a most excellent production of a work that bears my name as its humble scribe.
4: Romeo and Juliet. I'll be playing Juliet, and dear Sir Clarence has kindly agreed to play Romeo. (laughs) It hold for Romeo, aren't you, mate? My dear young lady,
5: the role of Romeo is delivered from the heart. The outward countenance is of no consequence. Oh,
4: isn't he wonderful? Yeah, he go lovely on the garden.
5: Come, Maud. We shall rehearse our lines away from ill-suited ears.
4: Yes, Sir Clarence.
0: You really should not be here, Will. Who was it this time? Cyberman, Daleks. The old hags didn't
3: come back, did they? Uh Aha! Expelliarmus indeed, Doctor. But no, it was you that brought me thus into this midsummer dream. Impossible! I haven't been in your time for, well,
0: some time.
3: A box, much like yours, though not perhaps the same colour. I ran to it as it vanished and found myself tumbling through a maelstrom of cloud and lightning. The Tempest deposited me here in this strange land with women who dress as men. And they have a fine story to be played before the house. Let me see that.
0: Romeo and Juliet. Ah.
5: This could be very bad. A critic are you? Some inept journalist with delusions of grandeur. Fie upon you, sir. Fie and damnation. You will see greatness upon this stage. Maud is born to play Juliet opposite my Romeo, and we shall quicken hearts and stifle breaths with our passionate interpretation. Doctor,
3: this is just the tonic I need. This exercise shall inspire me to complete my current project. Which is? A story of star-crossed lovers, set in... Venice.
4: Verona. It's set
3: in Verona. Verona. Of course, in fair Verona I shall tell our tale. Fine, but this time try to leave me out of it please. You sure? I have the perfect role for you, an alchemist priest who spirits the two passions away to an island paradise where they live long and happy lives surrounded by their many children. No.
4: Can I tell him?
3: Nah,
0: let him read the script. It's all there. We're just lucky it's not bacon that ended up here. That would have really put the cat among the pigeons.
4: Speaking of pigeons, there seem to be a few of them resting in the rafters. Where did that Andy guy go? Doctor,
3: are there other travelling men such as yourself? And dogged fellows with the steeds of Kronos under their whip? None that I'm aware of.
0: It's been some time since the last of my people was destroyed. Ah, but we have a play to put on. A fine play, a grand play. Come and see the props they've prepared and the costumes.
4: Hello? Is there anyone there? You were
2: never this heavy when you were alive. I swear death has added 50 pounds to you.
4: Oh my god, he's killed someone. To hide. Breathe. What I He won't come up here.
2: Come on, old girl. Hope you come. No one will find you up here. once the show's over, I can get rid of you once and for all.
4: out of here! Blast! The trapdoor's bolted on the other side. Wait, the pigeons—they must get in somehow. Yeah, I see ah! Bloody heck!
2: Are you all right, Miss?
4: Stay away from me,
2: Amanda. What happened?
4: I—I fell through the roof. Oh dear! The place is very old, and the roof does leak. And...
0: Good lord! A body. Alright, everyone calm down. Let me take a look.
5: I really don't think you should touch that, sir. Trust me,
2: I'm the doctor. I think you're a bit late, Goof. She's well dead.
0: better now?
4: Yes, thank you doctor. A cup of tea is just what I needed after a shock like that.
0: So this is Mrs. Carnahay. Dead in the attic of the community theatre. A grim find
5: indeed.
2: Someone killed her and put a body up there.
5: The police will be here shortly, which is the last thing I need.
0: Quite right, Sir Clarence.
5: We had best solve this
0: murder before the police arrive and screw everything up.
2: What were you doing up there anyway miss? It's not safe. You would know.
5: She shows no sign of injury, Doctor. Perhaps she was poisoned. Perhaps.
2: But
0: I think not. What do we know about Mrs. Carnahay?
5: Maud said she's been the director of the annual play for many years.
4: It's true. Poor oh, old well, Mrs. Carnahay. She loved this place. The theatre was her life.
2: <sighs> she was a daft old butt. A real battle axe, which he did know Shakespeare. I can assure you, sir, I have never
3: met this woman before in my life. Will, why don't you go and find
0: a comfortable seat and finish reading the script, hmm?
3: Very well, Doctor. I may be guilty of many things, but I protest my innocence of this association.
0: Lucky these sofa
2: cushions were there to break your foreband. You might have been hurt. Aye, some of the theatre seats are worn out, so we kind of provide cushions, you know, for comfort.
4: I was taking them home to wash them. The covers get so dusty and musty in storage. I saw a body lying in there in the attic. I nearly tripped over her, and and then the floor gave way.
5: Ceiling!
4: Whatever. It gave way, I fell, and she nearly landed on top of me.
5: Poor Maud. Quite a shock to her delicate composure. Maud...
2: She's been involved with the community theatre for some time now, hasn't she? Yeah, and she was the one who told me that Mrs. Carnegie was going away to, to look after her sick
5: sister. It was her mother. The poor woman had a dead fall, broken hip by all accounts. Doctor, you cannot be suggesting that Maud killed Mrs. Carnegie and hid her corpse in the attic space. It's possible.
2: But what would her motive be? She always hated Mrs. Carnegie's directing. Hated her too, I reckon.
4: And did! How could you be so cruel? I loved Mrs. Carnahan. What about you, Andy?
2: Did you have a reason
4: to kill Mrs. Carnahan? Of course
2: not. I just do the sounds and lights. Of course, she never once liked my work. Always making changes, always ringing me up at two in the bleeding morning, saying, I want these rose spots to fade into the azure, Andrew. Otherwise, it will simply not do.
4: People have committed murder over lesser things.
2: Not in Houndsworth. But we don't
0: know if it is murder.
4: I think it was. I think the murderer is among us now, in this very theatre. Oh, murder! Oh, Mrs. Connor! Doctor, may I have a word? Yes. Why don't we just go back and hunt and see who did it?
0: Can't be too sure exactly when she died. We would need to do more tests. And we don't know if she died here or was killed elsewhere and then stored in the attic.
4: I think Andy did it. He was talking about someone being dead and heavy, and then he dragged something up into the attic.
0: Well, what was it?
4: I didn't see. I was hiding.
0: We'll get to the bottom of this. Andy, do you think you could go and lock the front door for me? Just delay the law a few more minutes. Give me some time to think. Aye, no problem, Doctor. Sir Clarence, help me turn over Mrs. Carnaghan. I'd like to see what is in her hands.
5: Quite the expression on her face, Doctor. Yes.
0: She did not pass peacefully. Ah. Here. On her glasses. Guano.
4: Betty.
5: Thank you. But no.
0: It's pigeon poop.
5: Pigeons seem to be a problem here, Doctor. Rats with wings.
0: A pest indeed. But not winged rats. Real winged rats recycle their own bodily waste and generate methane gas that fills skin bags under their armpits. It helps give them lift. You are an odd
5: man, Doctor.
0: Oh, you should see a flock of flying rats on the wing during a lightning storm. The whole sky lights up in a blazing
5: fireworks display. Decidedly odd. And feathers. The rats have feathers. What? Of course not. They have fur. On their wings?
0: Yes, on their wings. Really, Sir Clarence, this isn't the time to be discussing raptor ratus anatomy. Well, you brought it up. Did I?
4: Doctor, what's that in Mrs. Carnahay's mouth?
5: Teeth, I should expect.
4: (laughs) It's a feather. Well, that
5: proves one thing. It does.
4: Yes.
0: Mrs. Carnahay was not killed by flying rats.
2: Cops are coming though, so I have to get rid of her before they show up. It could put me in a bit of a pickle if they show up and she's still there. Alright Mum, save me some tea will ya? I'll be right hungry by the time I get home.
1: Evening Andy. What's going on here then? Hello Constable. Uh, uh nothing. We're reports of a macabre discovery. A deceased person of the female gender Present on these here premises. Really? Perhaps someone's playing a prank
2: on you then, Constable. No one here but us actors and such rehearsing for the Shakespeare
1: performance. Rehearsing for the Shakespeare performance. Are you writing down everything I say? Writing down everything I say. Now then... I understand that convicted thief Sir Clarence Cobury smythe or parolee 9741298, has made himself a part of the cast of the aforementioned production. Yeah, he's playing Romeo. And is the aforementioned gentleman presently present upon the premises? Sure, I guess. Sure, I guess. You'll need to be more specific than that, Andy. Is Sir Clarence present or not?
2: Does it matter?
1: Suspect responded... Does it matter? Suspect? Quite right. In my experience, over eight months in uniform, no one is innocent. Everyone is a guilty suspect. Even the innocent have secrets. It's my job to ferret them out. Right. Well, what am I guilty of then? Dunno yet, but I have a nose for crime. And you smell dodgier than one of Mr. Waterman's homemade chicken pies. What's in the van? DJ equipment. You know I do gigs around the place. Gigs around the place. Now Andy, you are aware that an highly valuable collection of old coins stolen in this area has never been recovered? Yeah, I read about that. They put Sir Clarence away for a couple of years over that one. And the criminal always returns to the scene of the crime. But the coins weren't stolen from the theatre. Exactly. I have a keen understanding of how the criminal mind works. Which is why I'm a constable of the law and you, my old son, are just a third-rate DJ doing school discos. Listen, if you want to go in and have a look around, then I'm not stopping you. Not... stopping you. Then. I am Constable Clemens and this is a crime scene, so please remain where you are and do not attempt to leave the premises. Nor should you attempt to speak until I have my notebook ready. Not necessary. My ID. Foreman. Special Branch. New Scotland Yard. Theatrical Crimes Division. Foreman. Oh. My, my pen has stopped working.
4: Mrs Carnahay is dead. She's over there on the sofa cushions.
1: I see. It does seem unlikely that she died as the result of a fall. Her landing appears to have been softened by these cushions. Brilliant deduction, Constable. Perhaps you could stand guard in the kitchen. I... but... yes, sir.
0: Now, Sir Clarence,
5: where's he gone? Right, you. Where is
2: Blimey! You scared me off
5: to death! And I'll finish the job, too, if you don't hand it over. You what? Tried to sell it, didn't you? Tried to cheat me out of my money, didn't you? What kind of idiot sends an anonymous letter to me in prison, asking about finding a buyer for these coins?
2: I never... Don't
5: play dumb with me. I'm not playing! It's in here somewhere, isn't it?
2: No, don't take that suitcase! It's got gold in it!
5: You snivelling fool. The gold coins are mine. I stole them. I get to keep them. Now, give me your keys.
2: What, you don't understand? It's not. Shut it. Oh, my mum's gonna kill me. (laughs) Doctor! Sir Clarence has just stolen my van! What? But the gov. Oh.
0: Really? Well. That's understandable.
2: We've got to get the copper. Someone
4: has to stop him.
0: No, we don't, do we?
2: Maud!
4: Oh, Doctor, I never killed Mrs. Carnegie, I swear. It was all her idea, you see. She found the coins all sealed up in a suitcase in the props room. (laughs) Poor old dear nearly had a heart attack when she found them. She told me that we couldn't give them back. The reward wasn't enough, you see.
0: Enough for what? Meanwhile, the two of you stuffed the sofa cushions with the missing coins. The weight of them meant that when Amanda was stumbling about in the attic, the ceiling gave way.
4: (laughs) Poor Mrs. Carney. She was putting them up there. I'm so afraid of heights, I couldn't go up the ladder. I think she had a heart attack up there in the attic.
0: Not a heart attack. She inhaled a small pigeon feather
4: and choked. Oh, I couldn't tell anyone. And then, Sir Clarence showed up and I was so afraid that he'd guessed that we'd found his coins and who knows what he might do to us. So, I told everyone Mrs. Connery was away visiting her sick mother. And meanwhile you and Annie to help you shift the body and get the coins out of the theatre.
2: Excuse what? me? This is no. the first I know about any of this.
4: Then why did I hear you talking about how heavy Mrs. Carney was after death? You were dragging her
2: body up into the attic, I heard you. What? No, that wasn't Mrs. Carnegie, that was old Goldie. You took the coins into the attic, but they were already there in the sofa cushions. Look, old Goldie's my mum's golden retriever, a dog. The poor old girl died yesterday. Mum's ever so upset, she's having Goldie stuffed and I was supposed to drop her off today at the taxidermist, but I never got there and with all the PA gear being brought in, I didn't want to stinking up the place. So I put the suitcase with the dog up in the attic, figured I'd come back on Monday and take it down to Mr. Mulgrew's taxidermy shop after the weekend. So, Sir Clarence has stolen your van? Yeah, he thinks that the suitcase has the gold coins in it, but when he opens it, he's gonna find a dead dog
4: instead. But what about the play? We open tonight and we don't have a Mrs. Carnahy to direct, and our moan me has gone, and everything's ruined. And it's entirely my home! (gasps) Never
0: give up! We have in our presence one of the finest authorities on Shakespeare in the world. I'll play Romeo and the show will go on! Right! I'll get the lights sorted! Amanda,
3: you can play the nurse. will Doctor, this play, it is genius! So similar to my idea but what a wonder of literary genius it is. Glad you like it, it's yours. But, we need to put on a performance tonight. Of course, I am first and foremost an actor and am available immediately. Excellent, Ha <laughs> this is going to be
4: fantastic. All right people, let's do this thing. What thing? The play, your play. The plays, the
3: thing? That's very good. I might use that.
4: You're welcome.
2: gentlemen, please take your seats for the Houndsworth Community Theatre Annual Shakespearean Production of Romeo and Juliet.
0: Two households, both alike in dignity, in fair Verona where we lay our seats. From ancient grudge break to new mutiny, where civil blood makes civil hands unclean. From forth the fatal loins of these two foes, a pair of star-crossed lovers take their life, whose misadventured piteous overthrows do with their death bury their parents' strife. The fearful passage of their death-marked Magnificent fun. Well done, everybody.
4: I could quite take to this acting. Thank you, everyone. They loved us. They really loved us. Great stuff. Maud, you you were beautiful. Oh, thank you, Andy. What a
3: grand affair. Doctor, I must return to my house. My mind is afire with inspiration. I implore you. Return me to mine own time so I may write. Sure thing will. Now, there is the small matter of the
0: coins.
4: Oh. I suppose I should go to the police and confess.
0: And what would be gained by that, hmm? Constable Clemens will prove himself worthy of his uniform by arresting Sir Clarence for stealing a car and
3: recovering most of the stolen coins. There are a lot of coins here. A fortune, Why, with even a handful of these I could afford to pay my actors and my creditors. Then I could write for a year or until the muse leaves my fevered brow. What I propose is that we divide the coins.
0: Maud, you take these and claim the reward for finding most of the missing collection. While you will take these and pay your debts.
2: And with the success of tonight's performance we could get more donations. We could use the money to start a fund to restore the old theatre. Oh, do you think so?
4: Mrs. Carnie would like that.
0: And you and I, Waterfield, we have business to attend to elsewhere.
4: I'd forgotten about that, and all the excitement of it all.
0: Indeed. Something is happening throughout time. Another Time Award, perhaps. Or some unknown force. Either way, We must find them and stop them.
2: Listening to the Sir Julius Google award winning series Doctor Who. The The Thing Thing. by Paul Mannering. Produced, engineered, and directed by Stevie K. Barnaby. Starring Mark Kalita as the Doctor and Robin Carlyle as Rando Waterfield also featured in the cast by Bruce Busby as Clarence, Fiona Prowl as Maud, Stevie K. Barnaby as Andy, Doug Manley as Constable Clemens, and introducing Sean O'Connor as Will. Mark Colita, Doctor Who Theme, by Stevie K. Barnaby, J. Ellington Lee, and Neiman Lyles based on the original theme by Delia Derbyshire and Ron Greiner. Additional music by Dominic Glynn, Barrington Verlong, Jeff Darnell, Kevin McLeod of Incomputech.com and Skiffle. Doctor Who is released under a creative Commons license. All original content remains the property of their creators.